berries and cream starburst? Pardon me? What kind of starburst did you just say? Uh, berries and, and... Berries? Berries and what else? And cream? Berries and cream! Oh, hurrah! Berries and cream, berries and cream. I'm a little lad who loves berries and cream. Berries and cream, berries and cream. Oh, I'm a little lad who loves berries and cream. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We got our defensive back review, so both cornerbacks and safeties uh, we'll be reviewing on the show today. And the Giants signed Jonathan Harris, which we'll end up starting out with. But, uh, Justin, how do you do? And we just finished an interview, which will probably come out on Friday. How are you? Yeah, excited for that interview. It was a lot of fun. We'll talk more about it on Friday. College show. player. Doing well. College player. Yes, not a play, not a Giants player interview, which I, I think it's new. It's different. Uh, we got some Giants players hopefully lined up this offseason, too. Bobby Skinner, I am... Good. I'm doing well. A big snowstorm on the East Coast if you're in the tri-state area. It's the big talk of the town. Dude, we, you don't get to experience well, it. Well, we got winds. I mean, it's been windy down here. So, I mean, I I feel you. I mean, we got winds of like over 20 miles an hour. So, I mean, we're dealing with our own weather down here. You put out a, a video of you peeing in snow from a previous event today. Yep, that was when I was up in the Catskills last year. and Or not even. Mm. 2019. It was in December 2019. Lost maybe 10 followers from it. I don't care. Well, not as bad as me talking bad about Bruce Springsteen. That makes sense. A lot of people like to talk about how pretty snow is and you just took all that talk about, you know, oh, look at look at the snow. Look at how nice it is. Look at my car. You know, look at how my car is not here because of all the snow. You took all that talk and you literally pissed on it physically and mentally. It's fun. Snow is fun. Like, I like snowball fights. I haven't, you know, when I was in Minnesota, I, I grew to hate snow, but snow, the initial snow is fun. So I'm, I'm glad all, all you New Yorkers are, are experiencing that this week. Then um, it's going to get gross. It's going to get gross and black and brown and maybe mm-hmm. even yellow if you come up and just piss everywhere. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, you know, some people that are experiencing snow? Well, um, Neil Kumar. Neil Kumar. He's going to White Castle. And yeah, I was about to say, any relation to Harold and Kumar? Probably not. Maybe. Uh, we got Mosey Matalon. Mosey Mosey Matalon. I don't know what the. Say it like you're, New- like you're a New Yorker. I don't. I can't do it. Uh, I don't <laughs> know what that, that name is. And now people are starting to give us fake names, which is cool, I guess, but it also makes it really hard to send out your envelopes. We got Pong Stars. Mm. Um, so I just put Talking Giants Patreon. We got Combat Sports Geek, who I actually had a good conversation with him the other day. Um, he's a geek for combat sports, if you if you hadn't guessed. Sure. And then Michael Campariari. Camp, Michael Campariari. So that's five people. Justin, who are these yellow snow eating fellas? Mm. And so you don't really want to, you don't really want to do that, but those people who are yellow snow eaters went to Patreon.com after they ate yellow snow. They went to all together. They went to Patreon.com/slash/TalkingGiants, and for two dollars a month, they support us. You know what the deal is? You get to see us uh, hang out with Bobby and I as we record the shows. Um, it's gonna get kind of big and important soon, like in a month. Bobby, when's free agency? It feels like it's a million years away, but it's also not. Yeah, but it's free agency hits in, in a little over a month. Um, 
I'm starting to kick in the high gear with draft stuff post Senior Bowl. I'll be posting draft videos every single day. You know, I'm gonna. My goal is to do one breakdown a day. Um, which you know that's a. That then you know we'll end up with you know 60, 70 breakdowns on 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 the channel. So that's that's good for business. Um, mock draft stuff. So uh, coming back from the Senior Bowl, I'm I'm rested, relaxed, and good to go. How how'd you enjoy Sunday with no football? Because I did enjoy. You know, you obviously will miss it, but I did enjoy it. Cause I, I just I feel productive on Sundays with no football. Like I feel super productive. Tough question for me. I was at a funeral. Tough question. No, but I, I do sometimes feel nice that there's a break. You know, you said it perfectly. I think you said it on like Simple Man Radio, where you know two months from now we're going to be craving football. I don't know. Fo- football football's an intense sport. It's not like baseball where you can just like sit back and just like, oh, there's 162 of these. No, football's an intense sport where even in a 16-game season with so many different teams, there's still the season's very short. And even if it's not your favorite team, you're kind of on the edge of your seat just watching football. Who's going to win? Who's going to take care of business? So it was a nice little break and then excited for Super Bowl. Who do, or we're going to say who we're going to save this for Friday. Who do we have for Super Bowl? We're going to save. Yeah, let's save it for Friday. We'll do picks yeah. on Friday. Maybe we'll call Danny up and, and get his. Um, the Giants, they signed somebody. They signed an offensive lineman, a center named Jonathan Harrison, Justin. Uh, it's a one-year deal up to $2 million per Ian Rappaport, but our guy Ryan Dunleavy said that it's basically a $1.2 million deal with incentives that could get the $2 million. So I'm assuming it's probably 500000 per start or something. Uh, he's six foot four, three hundred pounds, twenty nine years old. He was a Florida Gator, so we have another Florida Gator center on the roster. You know, John John Halapio represent. Last season, he spent on the practice squad with the Buffalo Bills. The three years before that, with the Jets, he had nineteen uh, starts with them, and then the three seasons before that, two thousand fourteen to sixteen, he had three uh, twenty three starts with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Justin, I I watched his film. I broke down his film. Here's what I'll say he is, and then we'll talk about what his what his role is on the New York Giants. He's strong. He has good leverage in the run game. He's good in the run game. He struggles to get like moving and get his feet around on outside blocks, but that fits the Giants scheme. We know that they don't run a ton of outside zone. It is a lot of, you know, combo blocks uh, on the inside. So, you know, there's not a ton of that. Um, in the past game, he picks up the blitz and stunts uh, good enough. Good enough. You know, he's, He's not great against big nose tackles, but you don't really face t- big nose tackles a ton in the NFL anymore. Um, so, Justin, what I think this signing means is that he'll be the backup center and Spencer Pulley will be cut. Um, Spencer Pulley has a $2.7 million cap hit with zero dead cap. Um, I think John uh, Jonathan Harrison will be the backup center and Spencer Pulley probably won't be on the New York Giants come opening day uh, th- this season. That's the reasonable take, and... I would tend to agree with you because he was signed to a futures deal. And what a futures deal is, just in case you may not know what, you know, what is a futures deal? Why are the Giants signing people now before free agency when it's the end of the season? So what exactly that is, is when a when a player is signed to a futures deal before the official start of the new league year, which I believe is in the beginning of March, um, that player that they signed to a futures deal was either a free agent during the previous season, the 2020 season, or they were on the practice squad. Basically, they were not on an active roster. They could have been maybe on a team, but just not on the the main 53-man roster. So I saw some crazy conversations happening on Giants Twitter, Bobby. Now, I know it's nothing's going on, so 
you know, this is just social media where people need to talk about now and they need to have the hot take now. And I understand that. I saw some wild conversations about he could start at center. The Giants found their starting center. If we're, if we're, if this is like our expectation that the Giants found their starting center and we just look at whatever we want to look at, we want to look at one play of him pancaking Leonard Williams, which I was very mad at you for posting, by the way. Very mad at you for posting that. I didn't that. post the BJ Hill one either. I put the pancake BJ Hill too. I'm he not good mad at you game. for that. Not mad at you for that. I'm mad at you for posting Leonard Williams. How dare you disrespect our king, my king. But when a guy is not on an active roster to end the season or really at any point during the 2020 season, when he's on a practice squad or he's a free agent, that should not be our expectation as Giants fans to be like, okay, yep, yeah, that's our that's our starting center. Just because uh, Ian Rapport said that we paid him two million dollars. Um, now I know this is a this is a minority of fans, not the majority, but I saw it too much where I was like, I have to comment on this because it makes no sense. We shouldn't expect that. No, no, you shouldn't. I do think he's better than Spencer Pulley though. Um, and, but I, you know, my mind, my mind does go through every scenario. Is maybe. You know, there's a good chance Kevin Zeitler is gone. It's just the reality. Um, you know, that doesn't even mean I agree with it, but there's a good chance he's gone. Um and I said it the other uh yesterday that Nick Gates, the what Nick Gates is gonna have to deal with now, now that he played good at tackle, guard, and center, yeah. is every time a giant signed anybody, um, there's gonna be talk about Nick Gates position switch or or don't sign anybody. There's gonna be talk about will Nick Gates uh switch his position. Which is a good thing to have, and the Giants definitely are a team that truly does value versatility. A lot of teams preach it, the Giants live it. Um, so my mind thinks, okay, well maybe maybe they're they they have their eye on a center in the draft. Maybe they they like a guy like Landon Dickerson out of Alabama, and maybe they want to move Gates out to guard. But you want to have someone who you know could possibly start if that guy's not up to speed to start a center. So I think I don't think that's what this is. I think this is him truly just. The plan is for him to be the backup center, but I do think he's good enough to where. Let's say, let's say they do move Gates to guard and draft a center in the second or third round, where it's a legit battle between those two players. But in reality, I really do think it, it's it's simply Gates is going to be the starting center, Harrison will be the backup guard, um, and they're going to figure out guard whether that's keeping Zeitler or or using Hernandez and Lemieux. Figuring out what guard is to do, so I, I do agree with you. Where I think it's, it's yeah. simply, um, it's just I think he's simply the backup center. Yeah, it's a move where at worst you save seven hundred thousand dollars in cap space, right? Well, is Spencer Pulley how much dead money is associated to Spencer Pulley? Zero. Probably not so a lot, right? If, if, Zero. If Harrison plays every every game, um, and fills all his incentives, like you said, it'll be a seven hundred thousand. If not, it'll be like a one point five million saving. Yeah, which you you take that. And if, you know, and not saying that he's a bad player, you know, that's not I think he's better point. than Pulley, which doesn't say yeah. much, but it, it is what it is. And then you can get a, a million and a half more dollars in value out of him versus um, having Spencer Pulley on the roster, which it seems like the Giants have guys on the roster right now that play games. You know, uh, Gates Gates played all, all 16 games last year. Thomas played him. Um yeah, and Dave Gettleman has also prioritized when he signs guys and when he when he brings guys in. Say what you want about some of his moves. The guys that he brings in, they play games and they typically have a very good and this is this is a this is kind of a plus where you know you don't want to sign guys 
who are constantly hurt. You don't want to do that. You know what it does do that I don't like is if there is a guy I like in the draft, but he may have some injury concern, I'm like, I don't think we're going to draft this guy. Like Landon Dickerson, I mentioned him. I don't think we're going to draft him. He's got injury concerns. No, so, yeah, wasn't that ruined, the guy that came in? Wasn't that the guy that came in during the kneel, the kneel yes, down when they won the yes. national championship? I think Alabama's was best offensive lineman. I think he's better than Deontay Brown and Leatherwood, but he does have he has injury, con- you know, history. Um, oh, so quick question sucks. about Deontay it's, Brown. It, go for it. There was a, some bad plays in the Senior Bowl. Did he? Did he really like? really hurt his draft stock senior bowl week, but especially the the game. I think people are falling in love with the way he looks, which I get. Yeah. Um he's a meme. He's a walking meme. Yeah, I mean, he he looks like a like a boulder. Um like he is like he is like cookie cutter guard size. Um but he I mean there's no there's no beating around the bush. He struggles with um with pa- with the pass rush. Um he's he's Good in the run game, but I, I don't think he's also like super dominant in the like. I don't think he's like like Mikai Becton. Like he Mikai Becton. Like watching him in the run game is like makes you pump your fist. Deontay Brown doesn't do that, so uh, I'm not in full bloom love with Deontay Brown like a lot of people are. So, yeah. but I'm also I'm also a dummy. So, so so that that's that. Um, that's that. So Jonathan Harrison, welcome to the Giants. He's now making the New York trifecta. Jets, Bills, and now the Giants. Mm. He's like pure muscle, too. Like, he's like 300 pounds of like pure muscle. I have to look up a picture. So, so what, welcome to the team, Jono. Jono the Bono. Um, anything else on, on this? I'm looking up a picture of him right now. Oh, yeah, nice forearms. Nice to find shoulders. Nothing else be- before we do our DB review. Although I will say, OC Humanure crashing the Jason Pierre-Paul media thing was maybe the most heartwarming thing of all time. Watching those two like just be like the brotherhood they have. I mean, that was that clip was maybe like like clip of the year worthy. Like the, the just like the way they were just they. I mean, they're brothers. Like that was that was an awesome moment. JPP has the largest smile in America. Oh my gosh, dude! I mean, it was like from like his forehead to you know his his chest. I mean, I mean, just hearing hearing OC El Capitan, like they were. I mean, they're brothers, and then OC's like, "I don't even have a question, man. I just wanted to say what's up." And they started cracking up. So that was that was good stuff. That was a that was a good clip. Eli in another commercial. Mm-hmm. Another commercial, Super Bowl commercial for Frito Lay's. Um, pretty good one. Pretty good one. Throwing footballs through the wall. Check that out. Um, Justin, let's do the DB review. Yeah, let's, do, let's start with the cornerbacks. I mean this this position was an upgrade for from 2020. Uh, you know, from 2019 to 2020. I mean, this position was upgraded severely. I mean, basically every every single spot was an upgrade. James Bradbury upgrade over um Janoris Jenkins, Darnay Holmes upgrade over the nickel corners they spot, and you can argue that Isaac Eden was an upgrade over DeAndre Baker. Um, not yeah. to say that if DeAndre Baker was didn't get in trouble and and stay healthy, like that he wouldn't have been an upgrade over Yedem because I think he would have been. But um, you know, Yedem did pretty good towards the end of the season. Um, after struggling to start the season, and, and Ballantyne obviously was cut. And Justin, it all starts with James Bradbury, 2020 free agent edition. He's six foot one, 212 pounds, 27 years old. 
He's on the books until 2022, where he has a 16.5 mil cap hit and a 3 mil dead cap. So if James Bradbury starts sucking out of nowhere, they can cut him. I don't see it happening. His advanced stats, 56 catches on 91 targets, 61.5%, 594 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions. That touchdown number doesn't feel right. The only two I can remember is Mike Evans versus Tampa and, and Juju Smith. And Pittsburgh, but that doesn't count. I have the uh, I have the game log right here. Two against Pittsburgh. See, he didn't give up two versus Pittsburgh. One against Tampa. And one against Baltimore. I don't remember the one versus Baltimore. But anyways, he had 18 passes defended, which was second in the NFL. Second in the NFL. Um, his uh, his his like uh, average depth of target was 9.6, which was way better than um, 2019, where it was 12.6, and then the year before that, where it was 13.6. I mean, he shut guys down. Allen Robinson, three catches, 33 yards. Amari Cooper, two catches, 23 yards. Really, the only guy who got him was DeAndre Hopkins, and it wasn't even like, oh, they were 101. It was like they were forcing you know Bradbury to cover deep, and, and Hopkins would, would go short. Um, Metcalf, uh, you know, he did good against him, where I think he only had like 60 yards against him. James Bradbury has an argument to have been the best cornerback in the NFL. He was a pro bowler. He should have been an all pro. He was dominant. He's quiet and dominant. Um, and I had him as the the Giants defensive MVP. He's a, I thought he was the most valuable player on this defense, Justin, because he allowed the New York Giants to do things. They allowed them to help out their cornerback too. They allowed them to, you know, let your linebackers do this, your run game, do this, because you just, you trusted Bradbury and Island to do his thing. You never had to worry about Bradbury. There was never one game where it's like, man, they're they're getting after Bradbury. There wasn't a single one. He was such a luxury for this New York Giants defense. Yeah, Bobby, to kind of just start off vague for a second, talking about the secondary um, as a whole, because I think talking about the secondary as a whole and how they performed ultimately is a testament to the addition of James Bradbury and what he did. So according to DVOA, which is basically an efficiency metric, it's it's another, it's, it's another way to look at effectiveness of a defense or effectiveness of any player, a group, a team, outside of just looking at total yards allowed. So Giants, uh, off- or Giants defense as a whole were the, were the rank, 19th ranked defense according to DVOA. They were the 22nd ranked defense according to... Um, 22nd ranked defense and passing DVOA. So you would think, oh, that's a little much. You would think that they would be a little bit better. But when you consider that the Giants defense allowed a decent amount of yards per drive, they allowed a lot of time of possession per drive. But what they ultimately did is when it came down to it, when it came down to the red zone, they bunkered down and they were a top half in the national football team, top half defense in the national football league and not allowing points. So the main stat that I feel like that categorizes the Giants' defense's transformation from 2019 to 2020, you know where I'm going. If you listen to this, you've heard me say it a million times, but this was the final tally from this year in terms of the Giants' explosive play rankings about if the def- how many times the defense allowed a pass play of 15 yards plus. In 2019, the Giants ranked 29th in the National Football League in allowing passing plays of 15-plus yards. That is very, very bad. This year, they were fifth. They were the fifth best defense in the National Football League in allowing explosive pass plays of 15-plus yards. They were the fifth best. That does not happen, in my opinion, without James Bradbury. Without having that guy, and Bobby, you kind of said this too, without having that guy on one side of the field where 
you know that even if he, even if a guy looks like he's open, or even if you target him, nothing is going to happen. Nothing productive consistently is going to happen. Now, my main worry about Bradbury heading into the year is, oh, he gets targeted. You know, 2018, he had 113 targets. Uh, 2019, he had 97 targets. It was kind of a similar worry that I had for Logan Ryan. The guy just gets targeted a lot. But it's crazy how 91 targets, that was the least amount that he's had the last three years, which for a number one corner, I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's terrible to get to allow 91 targets. But I even kind of changed my frame of thinking for what I would prefer my number one corner to be, Bobby. You know, we we wanted Byron Jones in free agency. Well, Byron Jones gets targeted 60 times, 70 times. Well, if you have such a lockdown number one corner, everyone else is getting targeted. A guy, a guy like Yadam was going to get targeted. A guy like Holmes was going to get targeted. So having quarterbacks still feel comfortable that they can throw on James Bradbury, but making those pass deflections and making those plays, that is such a valuable piece valuable piece to this defense that he when you target him there is a decent chance that the play will not be productive at all because he's going to force that incompletion yeah i mean it's i like the james bradbury signing like i thought like this was when when that happened i was like this is a great signing by dave gellman and it exceeded my expectations for all those yeah. reasons you just mentioned. You stopped the big plays. You know, it, it wasn't. It didn't force other teams to totally go against other teams. But he has the leader. You know, leading. He's second in pass deflections in the NFL. Has the three interceptions. Um, you know, caused another interception that went to Julian Love against Chicago. Uh, you know, that interception against James uh, against Allen Robinson was just was kind of unreal. Like I, I still don't understand how it happened. Don't explain to me how it happened. We understand how it happened. Um, he is, he should have been an all pro Justin and he makes me, cause I, I have embraced this idea of like, Hey, make your strength, your strength. He has made it to where it's like, man, I wouldn't be mad if we got Patrick Sertain in the first round or, you know, or get, get a cornerback and then be like, man, now we have Bradbury and this corner and you got homes in the slot. Bradbury makes me want to do that like whole my you know embrace that make your strength the strength type thing it's funny because i was kind of for a couple weeks there last off season i was on your train of thought where i was like oh give me give me like okuda maybe um so i'm not there because of jason garrett and how bad the offense is but the thing that honestly blows my mind about Bradbury's season, you know, including, you know, not just including, you know, how many targets he gets and how many pass deflections, how many completions he forces, but again, go through the resume of the wide receivers that he faced this year. Terry McLaurin twice, Amari Cooper twice, um, Seattle DK Metcalf, Arizona DeAndre Hopkins, um, Pittsburgh, they have some good wide receivers over there too. Chicago, Allen Robinson. And the fact that he ended the season with an average depth of target, you know, typically your number one wide receivers are being targeted deep down the field. And the fact that he ended this year with an average depth of target of nine and a half yards, where when, when James Bradbury was being targeted in the past game, it was on average nine and a half yards down the field versus what you typically would want your number one wide receiver to be targeted past the sticks. Let's say in a first and 10 second and 10, that that's amazing. That's incredible. And when you compare it to 2018 and 2019, it was 13.6 in 2018 average up to target in 2019. It was 12.1. That is a 
dramatic, dramatic step down in a very positive way. Yeah. He's an all-pro corner. Uh, yeah. he, he was underrated because he played in Carolina. All-pro corner. Um, real deal. Gettleman, draft draft another cornerback like that and we'll be happy. The guy, the guy's real deal. You got anything else on him besides the way he squats down? Um, no. Uh, I did not have any notes on James Bradbury, how he squatted down this year, so no. Okay. All right. Next, let's let's talk about Darnay Holmes, our nickel corny, five foot ten, 195 pounds, 22 years old. It was a fourth round pick out of UCLA. He's Cali cool. He played 12 games, uh, 33 catch, uh, catches on 44 targets, 343 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, five passes defended. No touchdowns allowed. He gave less than three catches per game from that nickel spot because he only played 12 games. And Justin. Ballantyne Haley the year before gave up 735 yards. Um, we said it this year. I don't think we talk about it enough that we have a nickel corner. Like we have, we have our nickel corner. It's been a, it's been a while. It's been a struggle. It's been it was, a, it was you know this team's biggest weakness. You know last season, like the weakness of the 2019 Giants was like the nickel corner spot. And a team with a lot of weaknesses, that was the biggest weakness, was the nickel corner spot. Grant Haley was horrible. Teams would gash us from the nickel spot. And then you put Corey Ballantyne in. And granted, James Betcher didn't do him any favors by letting him go up against number one wide receivers in the slot. And got gassed there. I mean, nickel corner, is a, it's a hard spot to find. And we got a rookie in the fourth round who played really well his rookie season. Like, he went up against C.D. Lamb, was playing well. He there. Do you think of, like... He had some penalties that that weren't great early in the season, but man, Darnay Holmes is a nickel corner man, and he's here to stay. Darnay Holmes is here to stay. Like I feel so confident in him going into year two. I'm not worried about a drop off. Like Darnay Holmes is a legit nickel corner, um, and he just plays like you 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 could tell he's got that confidence. Like he's got that confidence that he's out there and he's that guy. He he's not worried about anything. Even if he does have a bad play, it's not gonna it's not gonna stress him. Um, I, you could argue that he was the rookie of the year for the for the Giants. I mean, he 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 balled out, and he's only going to get better, right? Like our our main worry heading into this season, and I think you know as Giants fans, and if you go back and you listen to our shows, you know, Bobby, it'll be like, oh, Bobby and Justin are kind of stupid idiots for saying, you know, prepare for a you know, Darnay Holmes letdown period before maybe things get better. But as Giants fans, and I even think NFL fans, like, you watch rookie cornerbacks, this does not happen. This does not happen. Okuda, who was the most proven, most polished guy, he even struggled his rookie year, I believe. I'm not watching every Okuda play, but he struggled his rookie year. Rookie corner struggled. This is not, this is very, very rare to have somebody come out and be a plus for a team. Darnay Holmes was a plus for this team. Um, and I think we were just so petrified of seeing Grant Haley struggle. Granted, he was an undrafted free agent. We were so accustomed to seeing Dar- uh, DeAndre Baker struggle. Rookie year. Eli Apple, he struggled. He kind of sucked uh, throughout his entire tenure for the Giants um, and for the large majority. So we were just so accustomed to being scared about what rookie corners can do. And instead... We were pleasantly surprised. Well, corner is the one position where you could have a terrible rookie season, and I, I want to say not worried is as is, is how you feel, but it's like you get it, you understand it. Like it's the only yeah. position where it's like you could have a horrible rookie season, like just putrid, 
And you're like, you know what? It happens at the cornerback spot. I mean, even James Bradbury's rookie season wasn't good with Carolina. Um, so the fact that he was able to come out and do it and have some big plays, you know, he had the interception. He had the pass deflection to Nico Lelos. You know, he had that, um, you know, that nice uh, play on CeeDee Lamb in the first Dallas game. So he yep. has memorable plays. And he's and he's Cali cool. He's cool. He's cool, 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 cool. He's also a good guy. If you go back and you listen to the, I think we did we talk about him in the Zach Rosenblatt episode? No, I don't think we got to. No, him. we I talked we about just, him a lot. We didn't talk about somebody else. Oh, no, we didn't talk about somebody else. Um, yeah, he's a really good guy, really hard worker, really gets along with Logan Ryan. Him and Logan Ryan carpooled to 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 work together to the facility together, so he was able to uh, feed off of him. Logan Ryan was also a successful slot corner in his career too so i really think you know this is why you know when we talk about the value of logan ryan which we'll talk about him soon darnay holmes was ultimately felt that value of that veteran leadership and i know sometimes it's kind of cliche about veteran leadership but i don't know if darnay holmes is the same kind of player without the guidance of logan ryan yeah i mean logan ryan played that spot and was really good at that spot for a long time so i'm I'm sure i'm sure it helped a little bit and having patrick cram as your coach as a coach all right Let's move on to the other corner. Hey, cornerback number two, Justin. Maybe the worst starter on the team, which, you know, this year doesn't feel as bad as past years. And Isaac Eden, six foot one, 190 pounds, 25 years old in two weeks. Um, he was traded for a seventh round pick. He was a third round pick by the Broncos. Um, he is locked up for this year on a $900,000 contract. Justin, he started the year splitting time with Ballantyne against Pittsburgh and Chicago, although Ballantyne got the majority of the reps. Um, he sucked in that 49ers game. They played uh, Ryan Lewis um, more towards the end. Ryan Lewis more the next game. Then he was benched for four. Like he was benched for four weeks. Like there's three weeks where he played zero percent of the snaps because of Ryan Lewis. Then Ryan Lewis gets hurt. He starts the last nine games, and you feel good about his last nine games, Justin. I mean, his his stats on the year: 37 completions on 60 uh, targets. 61% completion uh, rating, 487 yards. Now, his his touchdown-interception ratio is the, by far the worst of anybody on the team. Six touchdowns, zero interceptions, five uh, passes defended. He was serviceable. He was a serviceable cornerback, too. You weren't worried about him. So, somebody has to be the worst player on the defense, and I was fine with Isaac Eden being that at the end of the year, Justin. I just got an exciting email that, Work is giving us off tomorrow. We're not working from home. So, yay for me. Bobby. Maybe you stop complaining about having to go till midnight on Talking Giants. You know what? I'm going to, I really want to say a bad word to you right now, but I'm not going to. I'll say it to you off air. Bobby, I believe Yudam was the one who allowed the big Terry McLaurin touchdown in the Washington game, correct? Yes. So. But it was a combination of like three people, where it's like they all hate- like hit him at one time. But I think if you look on the game log and the advanced game log on Pro Football Reference, I think they gave him the yards. So let's do an exercise. And I hate to do this. But take out um, what I'm asking you to do in your evaluation of Isaac uh, Yadam Idiom. We'll never, I'll never know the pronunciation of it. I want you to take out that one catch and that one play. So what? That was a 50-yard 50, 50 touchdown? 50-yard-plus touchdown? Yeah, at least at least 50, 50. Let's hypothetically say it's a 50-yard touchdown. So then 98 yards, so 487 total yards minus 98. Isaac Yidium allowed, outside of that one Terry McLaurin play, let's say if it's a 50-yard touchdown, he allowed a total of 389 yards. 
this year and five touchdowns. Um, I think if you said before the season that our that our cornerback two would be allowing less than 400 yards in coverage, and again, we're taking out the one play in a win, by the way, we would be like, yes, sign me up. Why don't you say something about that while I look up how many yards DeAndre Baker allowed last year? Well, one, you know, he didn't play all the games, you know. I know. Like he I know. He so split reps, you know, the games. first two weeks. You know, and then he he didn't really play at all for four weeks. He and played then, he played sixty percent of the snaps though, which is more than I thought. Yeah, he started like he started like flat out started the last nine games of the season, um, and then split the first two weeks. Um, I mean, Ballantyne, we're not going to talk about him, but Ballantyne was like, you know, we didn't have high expectations for Ballantyne, but they were worse than we thought they'd be. It's like, oh my god, like this guy's flat out horrible. Like Ballantyne, if if Ballantyne's our starting corner for the season, you know I don't think we we might not talk about this defense in the in the same light that we're talking about it right now. DeAndre Baker in ninety percent of this he played eighty seven percent of the snaps last year allowed eight hundred and fifty yards. So we got. Let me do the math. Let me do the math. Do the math. So basically, go take the one catch out. It's three eighty nine for for Yidium. Yidam. I'm gonna say both variations. 389 yards, not include well without that that Terry McLaurin touchdown. I I can't figure out how to do this math right. It's now. tough. I know it's tough. I know, but I, I'm I'm saying you know I get you know my whole premises in kind of in conjunction to the whole maybe draft a cornerback two or value a cornerback two. I'm not gonna lose my brain if the Giants make no moves in the secondary this offseason. I will not. I won't. Me either. I mean, you you look, they'll add like a death piece here, like. But yeah, they don't. There's no need, like, hey, you got to go out and get a corner, especially with you know. We'll talk about love a little later too. Um, yeah, there's there's no like, hey, you have to go get a corner in the draft or get a corner in free agency. It's it's that that's not there this year. No, you're right. You're right. And I think taking out that one, you know, he had a. I mean, that was just a bad game in general. That was the only game where Yadam allowed over eighty yards. 80 yards total in receptions and there wasn't a game where he even allowed over 10 targets. He had eight, eight, two games of eight targets. That's not for a cornerback two, which this guy was signed off the street versus what we have invested in cornerback in the past to get that production. I also think part of it's also Patrick Graham where Patrick Graham did a good job with helping out Yadam. And that's why James Bradbury was still targeted so much because kind of left them on an island, and Bradbury can handle that. So, again, that goes to your point about Bradbury. Bradbury helps out everyone on the defense. Yep, yep, yeah. Like, I don't think Yidam has the same success in the 2019. No. Um, like, if you just if you just replace Yidam with, you know, or replace Baker with him in 2019, I don't I don't think you have the same success. So, I agree. Like, part of it is, even even when Ballantyne was in there, like, like Graham did a good and a pretty decent job hiding that. It was just Ballantyne was mm-hmm. just... His sucking was on another level of sucking. Um, one more corner, one more only corner. Ryan Lewis started four games, and 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 that, um, and people are like, "Did we find our cornerback to the future?" You know, we no. were kind of like pump the brakes, and you know, something you talk about a ton is allowing big plays. What Ryan Lewis did, even though he got hurt, was allow big plays, and honestly, he, two big plays that lost us games, like. The Dallas big play, the Michael Gallup down the sideline from Andy Dalton. If that play doesn't happen, 
There's a good chance we win that game, Justin. And then Philly, the 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 Thursday night against Philly. If he doesn't allow a big play down there, and it, you know it wasn't wasn't manned up, it was playing cover three, where it's like, hey, you stop the big play. If those two don't happen, you can argue that the Giants win eight games this season. Um, so, you know, there's obviously more things that go into it than just Ryan Lewis giving up two big plays. But there's, you know, he he was hurt for one, but uh. I don't see him being more than like the fifth corner going forward. His stats weren't bad though. 10 catches on 19 targets, um, 202 yards. That's the thing is like the just 10 for 19 isn't bad, but it's like, okay, 10 yards per attempt and then 20 yards per completion against them. That's what's (laughs) just brutally bad. Yeah. I, I, I really do think Patrick Graham is very, very willing. And this actually, this ideology goes right in line with, uh, Bill Belichick's game plan approach to Super Bowl 25. Go check out Bleeding Blue where we talk about that. Giants history podcast. Bam. Um, add a free ad. But yeah, um, Patrick Graham's ideology for defense is I don't care if you get a bunch of four or five yard gains here and there. I don't care. But it's the fact that when we allow you know the, the big play of 20 yards and it gets you on the other side of the 50 or it gets you in the red zone, we have an issue and we have a problem. And if you're not in line with that, or if you, or if you are going to be the one that's going to mess up that ideology and that and that game plan approach, you're gone. And Ryan Lewis was was gone. So tough. You're not. You're dumb. You're gone. Um, how about freaking I like that? that? How about put, put freaking that? On that? A shirt. Um, keep on buying the shake and bake shirts. I think we made. I think we sold a lot. Um, and per sources, I think Joe Judge got some shirts. So per sources, um. Uh, the sources may be me sending them to the giant stadium, but per sources. All right. Mm. Uh, that's it in the corners. Want to talk about the safeties? Do the safety dance? Yeah. Yeah. Important. Who do you want to start with? I, I'm down to start with anybody. You could start with Peppers, Love, Ryan, McKinney. Hmm. Let's start with Peppers. Uh, that's cool. I got Pep first on my list. Jabril Peppers, 5'11", 213 pounds, 25 years old. He had his fifth year option exercise. He has a 6.7 mil cap hit this season. Uh, last season under contract for the New York Giants. He obviously came over in that big trade from Odell Beckham Jr. with Dexter Lawrence and the other draft pick that turned into O'Shane Zimenez. In 15 games, he had 91 tackles, eight tackles for a loss, two and a half sacks, three QB hits, and one interception. Truly a do-it-all type of player, Justin. And not just in the stat book. He played too high safety when he needed to. He played down in the box. He rushed the passer. He covered deep. He did everything. He covered tight ends, and he did it well. Justin, he played. He had an awesome year as a playmaker. That's his position, is playmaker. Jabril Peppers, what is your position? Playmaker. And... Here's something I want to get out of there. Get out in front of. He didn't he wasn't most improved player, you know? People are like, "Oh, wow, he really improved." <laughs> no, he didn't. He was a baller in 2019. He got hurt in 2019, okay? If he doesn't get hurt in 2019, he's probably my defensive player of the year for the New York Giants in 2019. He probably like, I, you know, for me it was Dalvin Tomlinson. If Peppers stays healthy. It's probably Peppers. And Peppers was the best playmaker in 2019. He played good. He covered tight ends well. Um, he came and, and you know made the sacks come up, play in the run game, force fumbles. I mean, Peppers is a playmaker. And it's not as and it is nothing new. 2020, he was better in 2020, but it was nothing new. And it pisses me off that there were people who were down on this guy. 
down on this guy because of a perfect pass by Carson Wentz on Thursday Night Football. Talking about how this guy sucks. How he's not better in covers than Landon Collins. This guy's better than Landon Collins in every single way. And I feel so strongly about that. He's my favorite player on this defense. Um, Justin, like, I love Jabril Peppers. I'm a Jabril Peppers stan because of the way he plays. And he's a madman. If you lay him out, he'll get up and slap you on the head and say, good job, I'm coming for you the next play. Peppers is what a new is what a football player and a New York Giant should be. And anybody who slanders Peppers, I'll punch in the face. Oh. Jabril Peppers had career years, a career year in the following statistical categories: 91 tackles, eight tackles for loss, 11 pass deflections, two and a half sacks. Those were all career best. Should have had one more sack. They took it away when he broke Kyle Allen's ankle. Ooh, tough. That was a sack, and they took it away. They felt bad. Yeah, they pit, felt bad for all the Washington. Penalty. It was a pity. Uh, I like that pity penalty. Um, but we have some advanced analytics actually for this one. There's a frustrating part. I'm glad I get to mention this at this part of the episode that I didn't talk about it earlier. I'm I am a little frustrated with either it's next gen or you know just uh, content cr- content creators overall that put out analytics. There's not a lot available. We don't really know a lot about like secondary players outside of just. You know, targets and uh, catches and yards. And, and safety linebackers is kind of impossible correct. to use that stuff. Correct. So that's why I think everybody is still kind of figuring out what is the best way to evaluate safeties, linebackers. It's a lot easier to do it for corners. Even corners, sometimes it's misleading because if you have a team that plays a lot of zone coverage, with the, which the Giants do play a decent amount of zone coverage, it could still sometimes be tough to how do you assign blame for who allows a, a play. But when I say this, Know that, you know, it's not the totally most perfect system, but Jabril Peppers, I think, according to, is there is there any kind of ramifications of this? No. Minimum, oh, here it is. Minimum 400 coverage snaps. So Jabril Peppers, with safeties with the minimum uh, of 400 coverage snaps, was the second highest targeted safety in the league. Again, it could be vague. It could be, you know, it could not always be right. Because, you know, how do you assign who gets targeted, who doesn't? But second highest target rate in the National Football League. But he also was very, very much above average in terms of the CPOE, which he allowed. In terms of forcing incompletions, uh, forcing, you know, not positive plays, not allowing catches. So it actually was in the negative zones. You know, negative CPOE is good for a defense. Negative CPOE is bad for an offense. So Jabril Peppers is one of the best safeties in the league in that regard. And to kind of bring it back to James Bradbury again, we're talking about how much guys get targeted. I am now philosophically okay if we have defensive players who are getting targeted so as long as they are able to make plays on the football. And Jabril Peppers can make plays on the football. He can make plays on defenders. He can. He is a really good tackler. He can force those incompletions, um, and really, really good in that in that regard. So excited to have him. Hope hope he stays. He's a dog. I want him to stay badly too. Um, you know, he could be one of those guys where it's you know Bill Belichick style, where it's like, hey, maybe you get rid of him a year too early instead of a year too late. <clears throat> well, Pep doesn't fall into that age because he's young. But they could just be like, hey, we got McKinney, we got Ryan. Like, we, we have the safety. So, you know, there there may not be a premium on bringing Peppers back. But I hope so, man. He, I mean, he's a captain of this team. He's a true leader in, in action and in word. You know, he's, he's loud out there. I mean, what I look for in a football player is Jabril Peppers. Like, everything I look for in a player 
is Jabril Peppers. Um, yeah. And he just embodies that. And that's why I, I love watching him and I love rooting for him. I'm waiting for them to use him on offense. Corner. His trainer said he does. He could play corner. No, on offense. I know, but we got to get him at corner before we get him on offense. No, no, we're not doing that. Stop. <laughs> uh-huh. Say, we, we, even, we talked about this. I don't know when we did. Might have been during the offseason. This is an offseason conversation. And you see it this year. The safety is an evolving position in the National Football League. It is. What's your point? Yeah. Oh, I thought you put your finger up like one second. I thought. Oh, no, a, no. A I, I just wanted to remind myself after you. Remember we had an idea for an off-season episode that we were going to do? What, what What was it? We were going to get like a third string trainers, like trainer on oh. and talk about how great he is. Yeah. I Maybe f- we should do that for Jonathan Harris. Harrison. Or No, because I, 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 what about we do it for Ryan Lewis? Ah, okay. Yeah. See if we, we get Ryan that. Lewis's trainer on. Like this guy, he ha- doesn't. He don't do you think he has the traits to be in an elite corner in the NFL? Like I, I what's see the, everything. What's there. the player comp? <laughs> like my player comp is you know a mix of Revis and uh. What'd be funny? The trainers like you are you guys like effed in the head? Like what are you guys talking about? Um, he just responds in the DM. No, I'm not coming on your show <laughs> to promote Ryan Lewis. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, he'd also be like these. These people are freaking detailed. They want to talk about to me about Ryan Lewis. I'm like, my God. Um, yes, we are. Um, but that was a but I feel like that's kind of mean too, you know? Like where we're just we're just we're basically trolling a player on the New York Giants. That it, yeah. That's not nice. It's like, hey, we think you're suck, but we're gonna make a joke about how you suck. Um so so well, we can't do that now because we're, we're 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 trying to build connections with some players. We're trying to do that. I don't know, media. I don't want to be a media scum. All right, next next safety. Do we want to do? I guess we should do Logan Ryan. If we're gonna go from the top yeah. guys, Logan Ryan, five foot eleven, one hundred ninety five pounds, thirty years old, in one week. In one week. So his birthday is actually when you're listening to this six days from now. So happy thirtieth, Logan Ryan. Hey, I'm 29 now. I'm not. I'm not envying that that week where you're looking forward to being 30. He was all, he was signed on a one year deal after Xavier McKinney broke his foot, and then he got re-signed on December 25th for three years, 31 million dollars. Justin, this dude was a playmaker. 94 tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack, one interception, nine passes defended. He played all over. Mostly he's the free safety, but he played in that robber role. He was a guy that Patrick Graham liked to use in different ways. And when we were trying something new, Logan Ryan would be the basis of it. Logan Ryan, first year at safety, was a baller at that spot. A baller. And it was his first time playing the position, Justin. That's a crazy concept. Even when you just look at the numbers, it's like, oh, he played at like he played at safety? He played at safety, and it's and it, he wasn't like Jabril Peppers was the majority. I would say majority. If there was, if we did have a box safety, it was Peppers. You know, his strength is coming up in the run game, coming up and being a little bit more aggressive. Peppers is also just naturally he's a little bit more bigger and he's a little bit more athletic than than Ryan is, and that's not a slight to Ryan. It's just Peppers is really that good, but he still put up those numbers from that safety spot, and that is crazy. That's another thing that we just didn't talk about enough. Like, yeah, like, oh, Logan Ryan's just good. He's good. 
doing this, doing that, making pass flexions, making plays. But he just he, he how many how many years has he been in the league, Bobby? What's it's twenty twelve? Seven, seven, eight, seven, eight. Yeah, I think eight years. I can look it up right now. Look it, can up. Look it up right now. But it's crazy that he's been in the league since twenty thirteen. I was one year off. 2013, played corner, slot corner for the majority. Let's just throw you at safety. Throw you at safety, which it is. He did express during free agency that he did want to play safety. So I didn't believe like that him, too? though. I didn't, like, when he was doing that, I viewed that as, like, a, a last gas to get a contract in the NFL. I really yeah. did. Like, I wasn't, like, I was, I liked the Logan Ryan signing, but I wasn't, like, Logan Ryan is going to come in here right. and dominate. And I thought he was going to play cornerback, but they truly did play yeah. him at safety. And at the time, we needed cornerback help more than anything because we were freaking out about how are we going to roll out Darnay Holmes and how in the world are we going to roll out Corey Ballantyne at cornerback too? Like, you know, Logan Ryan, he can't go at safety. We have we have too much at safety. Um, even with Xavier McKinney out, you still felt good about what Julian Love can do. So really just a huge prove-it gamble, and it played out. And, you know, again, kind of going back to what I was saying about Darnay Holmes, just as valuable as what he was doing on the field, it was what he was also doing off the field and being that, you know, being that example um, for the younger guys and, you know, being, you know, really, I would say, you know, probably Patrick Graham's like right hand man on that defense. Um, really, really good. I yeah, hate I mean, how they, we're so boring and we're saying just guys are good, but they are. I know it's a, it's a good position for the Giants. Yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, that's that interception against Washington where it's like, hey, we put that, we, Put that in the game plan on Saturday, you know him and Graham talking. Um, yeah, I, I think. Who do you think is more of like talking with Graham and like doing stuff with him, Logan Ryan or Blake Martinez? I think Logan Ryan. Me too. Me too. I, yeah. I, I think he is. Uh, I think he's that you know that natural like intellect where you know Blake Martinez obviously is a very smart player, but I, I think Logan Ryan is the guy there. They're really installing a ton of that stuff in with, and and he does play little, you know, quote unquote QB of the defense on the back end. Um, does um yeah there was there was a game where Blake Martinez was no he wasn't out but there was a point where maybe they were talking about him being out and he would have been the play caller so you're right about that. Um, you you broke down before he came here how he plays these mind games with quarter with quarterbacks. Um, mm-hmm. that's how he got that interception in Washington. By the way, that's my favorite. I, that's my favorite moment of the year, where. It's one of my he favorite the, plays too, because it's, it's my favorite thing. My favorite thing about defense is disguising looks and tricking yeah. people, and that's what that was. But that moment was he gets the interception. The Giants they win their. I believe that was their first game that they won in Washington, and you know at that point it was, you know the Giants are done. You know, zero five is not a great spot, and they this, were it was the bent. second win. Second win. Um, but regardless, uh, he had the. His wife had the health problems earlier earlier in the week, and they were down in Florida. He was up in the East Coast. He was communicating with the trainers and all that stuff, and he's just a, such a personable guy where he told that story during the week anyway, and you know, he said, oh, Joe Judge is like, like, like an awesome coach, where he told me I could do whatever I need to do. The trainer gave some resources, so he, having hearing that story and then having that moment where then he goes into the end zone and he says to the camera, this is for you, Avery. This is for you, baby. Um, you know, that he dedicated to his child. That was, it was an awesome moment. It's like, wow, you know, this is why we root for these guys. We root for this team in particular, because they're an awesome group of guys. And this is why we kind of bleed blue. Bleeding blue. 
The Bleeding Blue podcast. Oh, I don't like the. Why not? You don't like it being called by its name? I don't like, no, it's not the Bleeding Blue podcast. It's just Bleeding Blue. Eh, it's basically the same. All right. <laughs> Kill me. McKinney or Love? Let's go Love. Let's go Love. Love, love, love. Julian Love, 5'11", 195 pounds, 22 years old. With a fourth round pick in 2019. 64 tackles, one tackle for a loss. One interception, one pass defended. It was an up and down year for Julian, Justin. Um, hey, you are the Julian of the trailer park boy, so that fits. Mm. Um, you know, he started the year at free safety. Um, wasn't great. Had some, you know, like he wasn't great against Pittsburgh or Chicago. Then the Rams game, he played 30% of the snaps. The Dallas game, he played 0%. Then he hovers around 50% to the rest of the year. And then he starts at cornerback versus Cleveland. And then the next game, he doesn't play a ton of snaps because McKinney's playing over him against Baltimore. And then he play, starts a corner again versus Dallas. Kind of a really weird year for a guy. And Justin, we had totally given up on the Julian Love cornerback like thought. Like we Going into the year, we're like, I think both of us were like, hey, I think he should start a cornerback too. And then they didn't. We're like, okay, they just don't view him as a corner. Give up on that dream. Then they start him at corner, and he looked pretty good. Like he looked pretty good at corner. You know, he wasn't he wasn't horrible. Um, and you know, I say above average, or maybe for above average for what we expected at that spot. So, yeah. I don't know what to think of Julian Love going into year three. I, like I have no clue what to think of him. I don't know if I should try and slate him in at corner, or if he's going to be like the fourth safety after. Love Peppers or uh, Peppers Ryan and McKinney. Options and versatility, arguably in one of the most important position groups in the NFL. And I will say that your secondary is the most important position group on your defense. You know, stopping the pass is the most important thing on defense. Uh, I think stop it's it's throwing the ball and stopping the pass. You know, I know the cliche is run the ball, stop the run. The two most important things to do in today's NFL is to throw the ball successfully with the, you know, with efficiency and stopping the pass, but specifically stopping explosive plays. And if Julian Love can be that depth piece that, you know, <laughs> a, very, a pretty decent depth piece uh might we add it to. Um and the crazy thing about Love is I don't even think he was playing in his primary strengths and his primary, uh, like his primary role that I think he can really flourish at. Where, you know, if we do have Logan Ryan or Jabril Peppers that does get hurt, I think he can be inserted into a role where then he can really flourish. Where we're talking about him being kind of like a jack of all trades, but specifically coming up in the box and making plays there. Because when Jabril Peppers went down in 2019, that's where we got really excited for love, and that's where he really captivated um, the attention of a lot of people. But his role kind of changed where, you know, Peppers was fully healthy. Ryan was here doing whatever he needed to do, and love's primary responsibility was playing coverage. Like, you are going to play back. You are going to be the last line of defense on this defense. So when you look at some of the, like, numbers I was talking about for, uh, especially for Peppers, like the CPOE, that can be kind of deceiving because... You know, if you give up a a big pass completion as a as a deep as a deep safety, that could really hurt your numbers despite you not being targeted a ton. So deep safety deep safety is a tough position to play. And for Love's strengths, I thought he did it kind of well. Not perfect, but I, okay. I thought it was around average. Um, yeah, 
you know, we got hyped because of his time at box safety in 2019 where, you know, he, like he played well in that. Like for a guy playing corner to go into that role when Peppers got hurt, he looked pretty dang good. Like, yeah, you know, you you were excited about love, but you weren't like sold on love. And, you know, you knew Peppers was going to play in that spot and play it better. Like I said, I really, I don't know what to think of love going forward. I don't. Um, he, he, I, when the one thing we do know is he's good depth and he's versatile at it. Yes. Um, you thought maybe it's like, hey, maybe he can learn to be the Logan Ryan, but Logan Ryan's with the Giants for the next two years, basically guaranteed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, when when Logan Ryan, he has a three-year deal, but we assume that two years of it is really guaranteed. When that's up, those two years, that's the end of Julian Love's rookie contract. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what his path is on the New York Giants. Hopefully yeah. it's corner. I, I would love for it to be corner. Like, that's what I would like it to be. Because one, there's you know somewhat of a need there, um, with you know we talk about yeah uh, Yadam being the the number two, but you know what I thought he could be a good corner like he was a he was like the number two corner in the nation coming out of Notre Dame like I thought he was going to be a good corner and yeah. um so I, for for not practicing at corner and playing like he did at corner I I think there could be a little bit of hope for that so we're gonna do the whole damn thing again this year going into training camp. Yep. I'm glad they finally did it, though. I'm glad they pulled the trigger, and they kind of had to, especially for that Cleveland game, because Bradbury was out, where it's like, well, I guess now, crap. We, we, fans, everybody's finally, you know, we've been asking about this for years. Now we're finally going to see it. They had no other choice. And it, I mean, I, Cleveland, it was four for four completions, five targets, 68 yards. But again, it could be deceiving because they're playing zone. And then Dallas, it was four completions, eight targets for 52 yards. Which, you know, isn't great, but it's not bad either. Yeah. I test when you watch it says he did a he did a better job than that. Yeah. And he had a couple dropped interceptions too. He had I oh, think he had the most rough. dropped interceptions on the team. I mean Seattle he had one. Um the you know, like there, there's probably I think there was like three times where he dropped an interception. Yeah. And the one bad play that I remember for him playing deep safety was um Los Angeles, the big touchdown to Cup, that yeah. kind of went through him. Yeah, and that was that was like more of like a miscommunication, miscommunication, blown coverage, Mis- miscommun, miscommunication, miscommun, the miscommunion. Um, all right, last on the list, we got Xavier McKinney, the rookie, six foot, two hundred one pounds, twenty one years old, was a second round pick, broke his foot in camp, which ended up leading to the Ryan signing, like we talked about. Uh, at first he came in and played spy, and then Bradbury, um. You know, Bradbury gets COVID and Holmes uh, gets injured and he plays nickel corner and did a pretty good job of that. And then they started using him in that versatile safety role. Um, Justin, he had 25 tackles, a tackle for loss, one interception to close the season out versus Dallas and, and one pass defended. Um, I really do view, I, I think he solidified himself as that number three safety where it's like, hey, you got Peppers who's going to play more in the box and you got Ryan and McKinney who are going to alternate what they're doing, whether it's playing that deep safety, playing down, coming down, you know, on a receiver. I think McKinney solidified his his role going forward as the number yeah. three safety. And in today's NFL, number three safety a lot of times is basically just a starter. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if kinda he does take Julian Love's role. Now, that does scare me a little bit because similar to Julian Love, Xavier McKinney's strengths is not 
in coverage all the time. It is mixing up him in coverage, but also coming up and playing in the run game. Maybe they do change up the roles a little bit next year. Maybe, you know, maybe we have more than more than one safety in the box with Blake Martinez. Sure, let's get really crazy. Let's get really aggressive. Um, having Xavier McKinney is going to, especially for hopefully 16 games fully healthy, I think will only make this defense a lot more confusing to analyze and prepare for. Um and even in coverage, where McKinney was playing Love's role as kind of a deep half safety, McKinney was reacting uh, pretty well in the Dallas and Baltimore games. There were some missed tackles and bad angles that he had in the in the Baltimore game against Gus Edwards that led to some very big plays. But for what you're expecting Xavier McKinney to do when he's coming off of how many months of not conditioning on a foot injury and just learning the game in second in secondary, thought he played great. I mean, he had the game-sealing interception against Dallas, and they had another interception against Dallas, which they took off the board because of a penalty. Um, had a, He blew up a screen play, a, uh, like a wide receiver screen play against Dallas, which that's what he did at Alabama, and you love to see that aggressiveness personify itself in the NFL. I'm excited for Xavier McKinney. And he dunked on Skip Bayless. Yeah. When did he do that? Right after the Dallas game, because Skip's like, I want to draft this guy. And then he had the pick Ooh. to win, win the Dallas game. Um, Good for him. Good for McKinney. X-Man. We got an X-Man battle. All right, Justin, that's that's our episode. That's our DB review. Um, you know, defensive backs, not douchebag review. Um, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Friday. Um, maybe we'll have an O-line coach by then. I mean, the Giants are interviewing um, some guys, so maybe we'll have an O-line coach by then. If, you know, Coach Judge hits me up, I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm about to hire this guy. What do you think of him? Well, we'll, we'll, maybe, we'll maybe we'll break that news, but probably he not. He may do that. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, I, I know we only met one time and then you ambushed me, but I want to start giving you news. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, anything is possible. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Friday. Until then, let's go Big Blue. Blue.